Hello, and welcome to the Total Mental Performance Podcast, the one and only mindset podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs and coaches master their mindset, giving you insider access to industry leaders around their psychology, their campfire stories, and the mindset required to be successful in this business. I'm your host, Kieran O'Neill, mental performance coach and founder of Total Mental Performance, the world's fastest growing specialist mindset service dedicated to the fitness industry. So without further ado, let's lean in and listen. Yes, yes, team. I hope all is well in your corner of the world. Today, we have a very special guest, and this is Jonathan Stills. Jonathan is a TMP all-star. What he's achieved over the last five months has just been absolutely incredible. He's an online coach, and his growth and the way that he coaches his clients is super, super fascinating. He's also had a not an easy background either to get to where he's got to, and there's been some really incredibly difficult conversations we've had over the, the few months. But I, if I could describe his journey it would be he's gone from distracted procrastination to focused flow state and i think we all have a lot to learn from him so jonathan mate thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me here so talk to me how did you get into coaching how did that start I originally started as a little bit of a passion i suppose playing sports when i was younger and looking to be able to improve performance on on the pitch it was just kind of like the next thing to do after a while kind of realized that i was much better inside in the gym than I was on the pitch and that became a, a little bit of a passion for me then. So I guess what I kind of learned then from my own experiences inside the gym or from the mistakes that I made, I wanted to be able to get to a position where I could, I suppose, help people to avoid the mistakes that I made and help them to be able to understand that there is something outside of sport as well when you when you do finish up or if you decide that something isn't for you. So you talk about some mistakes that you made. What would you say the mistakes you wanted to help people avoid? Uh, I think the, the probably the same mistakes that everybody makes is uh, kind of getting into the getting into the gym and uh, not knowing exactly what you're doing. So just going in and picking a couple of, of random machines or a couple of random exercises or, you know, you see uh, a big bodybuilder over in one corner of the gym doing an exercise and you're like, oh, that looks cool. So I think I might go and do that one there myself without actually having any any plan, any structure or any idea of, of what you're kind of doing, I suppose, in a sense. Yeah. So you've been on quite a journey the last few months and you're in a space now. I mean, just describe well, the conversation we had earlier, for example, just describe where you were when you first started working with us and then where you are today, because it's been quite an interesting journey. You, there's been a lot of tough conversations. There's been a lot of growth and development. And uh, if you're going to describe that where you were and where you are today, how would you describe that? So I think, yeah, I mentioned this earlier on, uh, I suppose, to describe where I was at the start. Uh, it was almost like climbing a mountain backwards with uh, 20 kg vests strapped onto me. Compared to, to now, after the work that we've been able to put in, I suppose the, the big difference is it feels like I'm going downhill in a go-kart with that same 20 kilos, just building momentum and just feeling unstoppable, I guess, in a sense. What do you think was driving the backpack uphill? Uh, I think just sheer, sheer force of will was kind of driving it uphill in a sense. Um, just knowing that, you know, if you stopped, you're only going to fall down. What would you say was in the backpack? Oh, a lot of self-limiting beliefs, uncovered emotions and negative things from my past that probably weren't dealt with quite well. What would you say the key emotion that was coming up and what did you learn from that that you're able to pass down to your clients now? I think the the biggest thing was uh, addressing self doubt. That's one of the biggest things that, that me and you addressed in our in our journey so far together is that 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 self doubt and those again those self limiting beliefs that we have that you know maybe I'm not good enough or maybe I can't do this 
or, you know, I think the biggest thing was like that, that feeling of, of not being good enough, even the comparison side of things, you know, for me, for example, I think one of the biggest things that we said at the start was me um, kind of looking at other coaches and, and where they were along their journey and me thinking that I needed to be in the same position as them. And it kind of relates quite well back to like the, the journey of a, of a client, somebody who wants to be able to drop body fat or build muscle or whatever it might be. They're constantly, for example, looking on social media and we know that social media is just going to be somebody's highlight reel, but looking at that and they're thinking, oh, why am I die in this position or why don't I have a body like that or why aren't my arms as big as his arms or for a female, why doesn't my butt look like her butt, if that makes sense? Um, and then just getting people to understand that they're in their section of their journey. They are exactly where they need to be at the moment. And just to get them to understand this is not where you're going to be in the next couple of weeks, months, years, whatever it might be. Go as deep as you want to go here. Where did the self-doubt come from? A lot of the self-doubt, I think, came from when I was younger. Like, for example, there, like I said, I played sports when I was younger and probably wasn't the, the best athlete and would have, I suppose, maybe been at a point where I thought I should have been playing for certain teams or something like that, but wasn't getting the go ahead. But then I think a lot of that came from not not feeling good enough. Particularly, I think one of the big things that we kind of went into was like not feeling good enough in the eyes of my father. Felt like I was maybe never living up to expectations. And one of the big things for me then was to, I suppose, throw life when I was younger was to just barely do enough to get by and not really understand where that true potential was. How is that playing out today as an adult? Maybe not today, but a few months ago as an adult, that doing just enough to get by? Um, I suppose it was leaving me at the point where, where I was when I first spoke to you. I was the, like procrastinating an awful lot, just doing like the absolute bare minimum, um, just keeping things taking over instead of actually understanding that if there was a little bit more effort put in to X, Y, and Z, then things would be a lot further along than you wanted them to be. Absolutely. And what lessons did you take away from that? Going back to that moment and going, wow, okay, my dad has an expectation on me. And I do think that happens with a lot. Dads put a lot of pressure on their kids. My dad didn't actually put pressure on me. But I still felt the same, which was I didn't feel good enough in his eyes. I told you the story and I say, I say this story time and time again from him being a football manager and not playing me and us being bottom of the bottom league. I, that, that really set me back, you know, um, to my lesson. That was it wasn't necessarily about me. It wasn't necessarily a, it was more about my dad and how he didn't want to stand up to the other parents. And, and he didn't want to be the guy that only plays his son and abuses that power. So. That was for me, I was like, oh, I was never good enough in my dad's eyes. I didn't feel good enough at school. So that's what led me to go boxing because you can't get substituted in boxing. And then that led to the you know training full time and, and getting onto the national team and all that jazz. Also, it contributed to an eating disorder, you know. But there was a lot of lessons I took from that. It was never about me. It was, it was lots. What lessons did you take? guess I would say again similar to that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily about me and I think a lot of the time like the expectations that we think our parents have for us we probably kind of like put there ourselves you know because like my dad for example would have never said like oh you need to do this you need to do that this is what I'm expecting of you but you just almost feel like you're falling short of those expectations but I think that's just kind of like a thing that we tend to put in place ourselves and maybe we don't understand until we're a little bit older but I think I probably kind of almost used that as an excuse then growing up that you know I wasn't where I wanted to be because of this person or that person or you know because of this happening. I think the biggest thing that I, I took from that, the biggest lesson was that you're, like you said, the, you're the king of your own kingdom and you need to you need to take ownership. You're in the position that you're in now because of the actions that you have, have taken over the last years, months, 
whatever it might be. Um, so it's just having that ownership, knowing that you are responsible for your, I suppose it sounds cliche to say destiny, but you are responsible for, for your life and how it goes and, and what things happen to a certain extent. Cliches are cliches for a reason, you know, yeah. <laughs> I do believe they're there for a reason because history repeats itself and it goes round and it goes round and it goes round. But you've had some, um, I've been really impressed with the challenges that you've had recently and the way that you was able to deal with them. You had some challenges in December and then you had some challenges in, in January and the way that you've dealt with those similar situations is incredibly different and you've had very different outcomes. So could you just run through what was going on in December, what was going on in January? how you were dealing with it then and then how you're dealing with it now because there's some there's some tools there's some techniques and some frameworks and some thinking perspectives in there that everybody can can learn from yeah so uh i guess in december it was kind of like the the week leading into christmas and i had like my, my week planned out for myself i knew you know certain days planned out for for shopping and getting the last couple of bits organized and there was just a couple of um, things that i needed to do on the back end just before i kind of like finished up work for a bit of time before christmas anyway it turned out that one of the kids got sick and had to take some time off of daycare so i threw a little bit of a spanner in the works for for the plans that i had set in place for myself and i guess i really let that frustrate me and um, because everything that i needed to do had to be put on the back burner and i was like oh shit this stuff isn't going to get done now until after christmas i need to do like a little bit of a sprint to get the last couple of bits of shopping done but the work side of things was probably the most frustrating side because i was like yes i can let my hair down and relax here now for a couple of days of christmas but i almost felt like i was in a position then because i didn't get that done that i couldn't switch off and i couldn't unwind and i almost like to an extent, couldn't enjoy the, the Christmas period a little bit. But I think we had a conversation after that then as well. And we talked about solving puzzles and not problems. And that really mm -hmm. resonated with me. Um, so just to, I suppose, get back to recently then, everybody inside in my house uh, ended up testing positive for COVID. So my two kids and my partner and uh, the kids, thankfully, didn't have any symptoms or anything like that. But my partner got very sick with it. I thankfully didn't test positive at all. So we were lucky enough in the sense that she was able to take a week for herself to be able to recover and recuperate and, and re-energize and refresh. And I suppose I just said, OK, it's time for me to be the, the king of the kingdom now and solve those pro puzzles and not let the, the problems get in the way. So it was just a case of letting her do what she needed to do to recover and me take control of everything else. Um, so I suppose the biggest thing was like with work, pulled up, contacted everybody straight away and said, look, um, this is the story. Everyone's after testing positive inside my house, except for me. I will be accessible, but only if it's urgent. So like you only use me if you absolutely need me, because right now I need to be a dad and not a coach. Being a parent is number one priority at the moment. And basically it just like allowed me to kind of like shift around my schedule, maybe do a little bit of work in the evenings after the kids were put to bed and stuff like that. But I think the, the biggest lesson that I, that I took from it again was like solving the puzzles and not the problems, like you said, but the way that I reacted to the situation rather than letting it get down on top of me, it was a case of, okay, you can manage this, you can control it. If you react in the correct way, then everything is going to work out fine. And a lot of coaches would be too afraid to tell their clients that's the deal. A lot of coaches would not have set the boundaries. What was your resp client's responses to you explaining the situation? Because you were very firm. You said, I'm not going to be available at, at this time. Unless it's very urgent, don't message me. And that, to, that would terrify a lot of coaches. You set those boundaries. And, and how did your clients respond? And also, how did you feel off the back of that? They were actually, uh, my clients were really receptive, actually, and uh, really respectful as well. So they actually thanked me for, for being transparent. 
and, and being open and honest. And they obviously give uh, well wishes to herself and hoping that she would feel better as well. But I think uh, a big thing is like, particularly with, with online coaches, we feel like we need to be there 100% of the time and almost holding our clients hands or something like that and that was something that we had kind of set out initially when we had first started working together was like setting those boundaries so that you have the energy and the bandwidth to be able to focus on things outside of your business and outside of like your actual clients which is going to give you more fulfillment at the end of the day so i think that when we had done that work at the start it made life uh, it made things a lot easier and especially if i've ever had to have those types of conversations with clients now it's it's made me understand that you know nobody's nobody's going to die if they don't have contact from you within 24, maybe even 48 hours. You know, they still know what they need to do. They can still contact you if something is urgent and you will still get back to them if something is urgent. But I think when you start to set those boundaries, it just gives you so much more freedom. It gives you so much more peace of mind as well. Yeah, and, and you've done a great job of that because structure and boundaries does equal freedom. And I'd like, when we talk about boundaries, what boundaries have you put in place that's allowed you to protect your time and energy? Uh, so I also guess big things is like my, my morning and evening routine. So one thing that we took was like uh, setting the phone on airplane mode before going to bed and it doesn't come off airplane mode. For example, if I'm going to the gym early in the morning, it won't come off airplane mode until I get to the gym. Or if I am, let's say, working in the office at home, it will be a case of the phone goes on airplane mode until morning routine is done, finished. So for me, morning routine would be get the kids organized to, to go to daycare, have breakfast, have half an hour to myself, whether it's reading, drinking coffee, whatever it might be, plan the work for the day, know what needs to be done on the schedule, and then phone can come off airplane mode then so that's like one of the biggest distractions that i've managed to eliminate um another big thing there as well is the like i mentioned the lock box with the phone so anytime that there's deep work that needs to be done phone goes into the lock box it's set as a timer so that's kind of like my my sprint time then i go do as much work as i can in the hour or whatever it might be phone opens up then i have the opportunity to have 10 or 15 minutes to get back to messages if i want to scroll through social media or whatever that might be excellent and what does life look like now that you're able to have those boundaries and you're able to set those a lot more productive in terms of being in a position where I was procrastinating five or six months ago. Now we're kind of like hitting that flow state with work and we're just basically getting shit done. And let's talk about something that kind of gets pushed aside. And I think we forget about in the coaching world, particularly when we're putting expectations on coaches to grow and scale their businesses, which is you have a family and you're a parent. And I think people forget that, particularly when they're comparing themselves to others. And I'm not a parent. But I've worked with many, many parents and I think about how hard my parents worked and the amount of bandwidth that you have to make decisions, to get work done whilst raising some little human beings, that's hard. And you've been able to build a successful business and, this, and you've always had kids long, longer than this business has been alive. So talk me through some of the challenges and the struggles that you've had there. And obviously boundaries have played a big part, enable you to not only build a high performance business, get great transformations of your clients, but then also be a great dad and a great partner. Run me through some of the challenges that not everyone sees and perhaps a few other coaches that are also parents might resonate with. So I guess like um, the main challenges would be like organizing your time so you can have enough time to actually be able to spend with your kids as well. Like to give an example, before I moved online, when I was just working one to one, I was working maybe 70 to 80 hours a week on the gym floor, gone from home five, six o'clock in the morning, coming home for maybe a couple of hours during the day and then gone in the evening and not being home until 
eight, nine, ten o'clock at night and kids are already in bed by the time you get home. So I think that's like one of the biggest things is making sure that you have those boundaries set for yourself so that you can actually spend more time with them and, and, and see them grow up. And I think that was probably one of the biggest things, this biggest positive things that came from COVID as well, is that it made things slow down a small little bit and also brought in the opportunity for me to transition my business online, which gave me that much more freedom to be able to have structure and be able to spend time with them. But some of the, t- the, the challenges that come up then as well is like, you know, kids get sick you you work from home so you're the person that's going to be there to take care of them that's probably like one of the biggest things but then like just making sure that you actually have that time to be able to spend with them is probably the biggest challenge but once you got that set in place then that boundary is there so you know they're priority number one so nothing can break through that boundary then either um something i see with a lot of coaches when particularly when they're driven and everybody likes to think they're driven but there's a difference between being genuinely driven and you wanting something and you'll do whatever you can to do it and want to be driven because society rewards and respects those that are driven but i think there are a lot of people that aren't genuinely driven so what happens is they're living a false identity based on what society is telling them versus them being like no i fucking want this um but something that a lot of coaches experience i've coached is guilt guilt around not spending time enough time with their with their kids because they've lost control of their time they've lost control of their structure they've lost control of their boundaries that then means but when they are with their kids, they're not present because they're thinking about work and they're stressing. And then when they're not with their kids, they're feeling guilty that they're not with their kids when they're working. So they're not fully focused. Is that something that you've seen and experienced? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Even like that, like that, that time when we initially started procrastinating a lot with work, that was probably exactly where I was procrastinating a lot with work. And then knowing that there was tasks that still needed to be done and you're trying to spend time with the kids, but all you can think about is work. And then when you're at work, you feel again like that, just feel guilty for for not giving them what they actually need from you and, and being present there with them. Yeah, it's a pretty shit feeling. But I think we've managed to definitely sort through that now as well. So that, you know, when I do spend time with them now, I'm a lot more present with them and I can actually focus on enjoying that time and not having to worry about, oh, this needs to be done or this needs to be updated or X, Y and Z needs to be done for work because it's a case of work gets done during work time and family time is family time. If you could have got here in half the amount of time, whether that's the number of clients, the business revenue, just the flow state and just, you know, you are the king of the kingdom and, and getting to that position. If you could have got there in half the amount of time, how would you have done it? I wouldn't have been possible. Genuinely wouldn't. Because I think, I suppose, the amount of time that it, that it took was, again, it's like if you're talking about somebody, talking to somebody about a, a fat loss journey, if you were going to cut it in half the time, it would have been like a, a quick fix, band-aid over a fucking bullet hole kind of a thing. You know what I mean? And it would have been like a big crash and burn afterwards. So like we could have done something in like two months, three months, but it wouldn't have stuck. It wouldn't have been a habit. It wouldn't have been something mm. long term that we have like built in for the next 15, 20, 30, 40 years. So if there was something the you five or six months ago could have learned from you now, which would have been so helpful, would have saved you some time, would have helped you take the pressure off, what would it have been? Uh, bound, setting boundaries was definitely the, the biggest one that had the absolute biggest impact since we started working together. Because I think like I remember when I was talking to you at the start, it was like everything was all, scattered all over the place. And I was literally like doing trying to do five different jobs at once and then like even trying to be a parent in the evenings but still doing work at the same time and getting so distracted that I'd mess up with what I was trying to do at work and then I'd mess up something that I was trying to do for the kids then as well and I was just like being pulled and dragged in too many different directions and it was because I had zero structure so when we started putting in those boundaries then everything started to fall into place and that that flow state that we constantly chase 
became a little bit easier to achieve than as well. And the rubber hits the road. And Ben Heron, uh, another coach who came in to do a masterclass at the academy, he, um, he had a really nice phrase, I don't know where he got it from, about productivity. And he said, productivity is about how much product do you ship, how much product do you build? And you, we often spend time kind of just dancing around the tasks or getting distracted or being on our phones or scrolling on Instagram or whatever, but you manage to go literally put rubber to the road and start shipping product. And, you know, it's a testament to how far you've come as a coach, as a man, as a leader, as the king of the kingdom. And obviously that, that shows in the results with, with your business and how you've been able to scale that whilst managing a family. How cool is that? Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. I, I have you to thank for it anyway at the end of the day. Teamwork makes the dream work, mate. And uh, I can only advise. And you're the one that, that picked up the iron, started work in a way, and you've built the product. Product being your solid mindset, your attitude, the amount that you're getting done. You've got a solid boardroom around you of, of great advisors. I think that's quite important to make sure that you have people checking in on your stuff and keeping you on track. And yeah, you, you, you're on the path. Yes, sir. Definitely. So if I was to ask you, not TMP, but the phrase total mental performance. If you had total mental performance, how would you know? How would you describe it? Without it, it's like the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are turned upside down. Whereas when you have it, the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle are face up and the picture is actually in front of you as well. If I was to put it that way, that would be, that would be how I'd describe it. Wow. That's a great metaphor. Clarity, <laughs> vision. It was all, everything's falling into place. I love that. Exactly. And then I'll think about TMP, the team. How would you describe TMP? So I think I mentioned this to you before as well. as like, you know, being, being an online coach, we talk to people who have like never had a coach before. And we say how having a coach is going to get you from A to B faster, more efficiently. And it's, it's going to make sure that you don't make any of the mistakes that you're going to make if you don't have a coach. And I think this is exactly what TMP is for mental performance. It's a case of, yeah, look, you can download this app or that app, or you can read this book, or you can practice this thing, or you can watch this video on YouTube, but you don't know if you're doing the right thing at the right point. Whereas working with you, we started from scratch and we figured out where we were at at that exact moment in time when we started. And then we kind of like built our foundation from there. And we were able to kind of like lay out the plan and decide where we needed to go, what needed to be worked on in that immediate time. And then every time we spoke after that, once we had that work done, we were able to move on to the next step. Whereas without that, you're kind of throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Mm, that's it. I actually heard that phrase from my, my first ever CEO. I asked him, how do you be successful in, in sales? And he said, it's really simple. If you throw enough shit at a wall, but it's a very hard way of doing it, it, some of it will eventually stick. And I thought, well, that's great, but that doesn't seem optimal. So yeah. I took the analogy and um, I, I butchered it. And I says, okay, well, at some point, I need to make sure I'm throwing the right piece of shit <laughs> at the right wall. And as I get more experience, I'll learn which, which walls to throw at. I'll also learn different ways of throwing at stickier types and, and which, which types connect more. <laughs> that, that always stuck with me. If you throw enough shit at a wall, some of it will stick. Yeah, but you, can, you yeah. can tweak that and you can cut down the amount that you actually have to throw. And eventually you become a bit of a sniper. So, you know, we don't work with, we could probably work with two, 200 coaches if we wanted, but we choose to be more like a sniper because the impact that we make is much better. And I think I learned from the sort of volume versus uh, quality. And I think a good balance. That's a really interesting perspective. And then uh, Drew, Drew McNeil in our, in our academy, as I was explaining that analogy once, he said, oh, yeah, so Kieran, you're a top tier shit slinger. And that really. <laughs> <laughs> True in a sense. 
But look, Jonathan, mate, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an honor working with you and looking forward to continuing taking you to the next league this year. And yeah, I'm just, I'm just dead proud of you, mate. Like the difference in before, it was almost like it was the prince of the kingdom trying to figure it out. Now you genuinely have stepped into the king of the kingdom and you're making those decisions and you're making strategic decisions versus emotional decisions. And it's inspiring to see, mate. So thank you. I think before I was more like the joker of the kingdom has now turned into the king of the kingdom. <laughs> and I have you to thank for that as well. Honestly, uh, I appreciate it. Without your help um, like that, I would have been probably one of those people looking for the answers in a, a book or a YouTube video or something like that. So it's all down to you, my friend. Teamwork works for dream work. Thank you so much, Jonathan. Yes, it means the world. Thank you again. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share to share share on Instagram. Tag Jonathan. Please do give us your your ratings on Spotify and Apple. And guys, there's a lot to learn from that. Uh, Jonathan, thank you ever so much. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Big love. So that's us for today, team. I want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us. A couple of things before you disappear. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find all of our daily content on mindset and hitting peak performance at Total Mental Performance or our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple Podcasts, and all the other various different platforms. Big love. Thank you ever so much. And we're looking forward to speaking with you soon.